Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Key Reese And I'm Laura Brodnick. And you've had a huge weekend, LB. A huge weekend, guys. After seven years, I finally own a TV, which people are shocked huge. to hear about. I'd never wanted one in my home because then I thought that's all I'll do. But now I've caved and I decided it is weird when people come and stay with me and they're like, well, where is your TV? Yeah, it's super weird. And it's also weird to just watch on your laptop all the time, especially you who understands the cinematic feel of surround sound. Well, now I have a TV, so I've joined the future. It's all happening for me. Thank God. Well, in today's Deep Dive, we are talking about the Duchesses. That's Kate and that's Megan. They've both got books coming out and people seem to have some opinions. We'll get into that shortly. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Billionaire Elon Musk made his hosting debut on Saturday Night Live this weekend with musical guest Miley Cyrus. His appearance followed a wave of backlash after the announcement was made that he would host. And look, the reviews are mixed. In his opening monologue, the Tesla and SpaceX founder revealed that he has Asperger's and he actually incorrectly identified himself as the first person with Asperger's to host the show. That was actually Ghostbusters actor Dan Aykroyd. He then talked about his plan for the future. He joked about his son's name. Remember X-E-A-X-E-A? Well, he cleared up the pronunciation. SNL is also a great way to learn something new about the host. For example, this is my son's name. (laughs) It's pronounced cat running across keyboard. That was a pretty good joke. I'll give him credit for that. I just don't know if it's very clever of him to make fun of the name when the world's already done that, but yeah, fair enough. He's joining in on the fun. Well, it was a family affair with Elon's mother, May, making an appearance in the opening monologue, and his partner and baby mama, singer Grimes, later appeared in a sketch. So the choice to have Elon host was divisive, but also very strategic with his polarising popularity, sure to bring a new audience to the show. And for the first time in its 46-year history, the show was actually live-streamed on YouTube internationally. Will it pay off? I don't know. Did people care? A little bit. We'll see. Well, the first images from the highly anticipated new miniseries Pam and Tommy have finally been released and they show British actress Lily James as Baywatch star Pamela Anderson and Sebastian Stan as Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee. So the new series, which is coming to Hulu and probably an Australian streaming service later this year, is going to be a comedic take on the infamous release of the couple's sex tape, which I'm not sure if that should really be a funny story, but this is where we are in the world. And Seth Rogen is producing it, so I feel like ah. he's going to make it a comedy. 
So if you're not across the sex tape, Pamela and Tommy Lee have always been kind of one of pop culture's most infamous couples. So they eloped in February 1995 to Mexico after knowing each other for 96 hours, where they got tattoos of each other's names on their ring fingers in place of rings. There was also a lot of face licking and penis tattooing, you know, the good old days of solar <laughs> rock couples. They now share two adult sons, which is Hills star Brandon Thomas Lee. Remember when Pamela Anderson guest starred in the Hills? That was a wild yeah. time. And Dylan Jaggerly. So the story of the sex tape, if anyone here is too young to remember, I mean, we were kids, but I feel like this story just burned into yeah, my brain from definitely. the years. So just months after their wedding, things went downhill for the couple quickly when a disgruntled electrician who was seeking revenge on them after getting fired from a renovation job on their property on their Malibu mansion stole the sex tape the couple had made on a houseboat. I did not know that. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a whole – this is why it's a mini and Seth Rogen's playing him. So Pamela Anderson has kind of, as she's given interviews over the years, saying about what happened at the time, she just said that they filmed everything during those first few weeks of their marriage especially and they were always naked and wow. always having sex. So you can imagine yeah. what was on the tape. So Rand Guthia, who was the electrician, told Rolling Stone in an interview in 2014 that he never would have stolen anything from the couple, but he and another guy returned to the job site to collect their tools and get their payment. And he says that Tommy Lee pointed a shotgun at them and said, get the fuck off my property. Wow. <laughs> so in retaliation, months later, Rand stole a safe from the house that was full of jewellery, but also the sex tape was inside. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The story goes that Rand himself had a background in porn. <laughs> good good on you, Rand. He He's like a man course. of many talents. And he had appeared in multiple videos, so he was very familiar with the porn business. So he hooked up with another guy and they made a bunch of copies of the tape. They destroyed the original cassette because it was on a cassette. This is how old school it was. And then they set up a few websites called Pamela's Hardcore Sex Movie. And you could have the movie shipped to you for fifty nine ninety five. Oh, my God. So that's how old school it was. And Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson didn't even know the safe had been stolen so that their sex tape was out in the world until friends told them that they were buying it online. Their friends told them that they were buying yeah, it Yeah, and their lawyers and everyone. All of a sudden it just was everywhere. And oh because it was God. all sold off Pamela Anderson because she was seen as this kind of sex symbol, it was like this super high-selling sex tape. And there's a big legal battle and all this sort of stuff. They didn't end up getting a lot of money back for it, so it's still floating around in the world somewhere. So that's going to be the kind of story behind this new miniseries. But people are really talking about these images because when it was first announced, people thought especially Lily James because she's kind of a classic British actress and we know her from playing Cinderella or being in Downton Abbey that Mm -hmm. there's no way that she could play this sex symbol character and now the photos of her and Sebastian Stan have come out they've done that really infamous one where Pamela Anderson is biting Tommy Lee's nipple ring and they've got all their tattoos and stuff and people are just flabbergasted about how much these actors look like this famous couple. Yeah. To be honest, I saw these and I had to do a double take. I did too. I actually put them side by side. Couldn't tell which was the original and which was the Hulu version. They've really got the look like identical and even just, I guess, the mannerisms and like it's going to be really interesting watching them come to life as these characters, but the stills, if that's anything to go by, I actually, I'm going to do a bit of a backflip here because (laughs) when we first spoke about this, I was really off their casting, but then I saw a meme and it was like, Lily James has range. And I was like, Lily James has range. So you've talked about her (laughs) breakthrough performance in Downton Abbey. Then she was Cinderella. Then she was the female lead in Baby Driver, which is like one of my favourite movies. Such a good movie. You haven't seen it. And then she was young Meryl Streep in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. So I feel like 
she might be pulling this off. And I know, I like, like all looks... those characters are very similar, though. Like, she's always... Yes, Baby Driver was she, different. Yeah, but she's kind of just the girlfriend girl. You know what I mean? Like, she wasn't the femme fatale. She wasn't the bitchy girl. She was still the sweet, beautiful girlfriend working in the diner who falls in love. Like, that's kind of her always her character, right? But Pam is sweet. She's sexy, but she's still sweet yeah, at the I, heart I of it. I still think you this know? is quite a departure, even just from the look of it. So I'd be interested to see if she's actually going to pull it off because I feel like everyone's saying, like, this is proof that she pulls that character off but this is the makeup artist and costumer and stuff like yeah, they're they the deserve ones who are, an Oscar well, yeah already. exactly <laughs> that have worked miracles here so yeah but I think it's interesting because I think the best castings is when they're very unexpected so if she does pull this off it'll be amazing it was announced last week that Meghan Markle will release her debut children's picture book titled The Bench on June 8th. Illustrated by award-winning artist Christian Robinson, Meghan revealed in a statement to Harper's Bazaar that the book was actually inspired by a Father's Day poem Meghan wrote for Prince Harry and their son Archie shortly after Archie was born, and it was about the special bond between father and son as seen through a mother's eyes. Now, for something that sounds so uncontroversial and harmless and actually sounds quite joyful, like a children's book. The announcement has sparked a wave of controversy, conspiracy theories, and even accusations of plagiarism. So let's start there, shall we? So trolls came out in full force, basically accusing Megan of copying the concept of her book from another book, another picture book titled The Boy on the Bench, and that was by Corinne Avarice. But the only thing that they actually seem to have in common is that they both feature a bench. And the trolling and rude comments got so out of hand that that author actually took to Twitter to shut it down. And this is what she said. Reading the description and published excerpt of The Duchess's new book, this is not the same story or the same theme as The Boy on the Bench. I don't see any similarities. Thank God that she did that. People talking about the hypocrisy. So two royal commentators, so Penny Jr. or authors, she authored All the Queen's Corgis, and Angela Levin, who's the author of Harry Conversations with the Prince, both said that because of Meghan's strained relationship with her own father and the fact that Harry also has a strange relationship with his father, that she couldn't possibly write about the bond between a father and son. Yeah, I'm going to just let that sit there and move right along. And then the conspiracy theories. So a few pages from the bench were released and there was one in particular that caught my eye as it did many others. It was a mother staring out of a window of a house looking at her son being held by the father who was dressed in like a military uniform. And a royal author called Ingrid Seward believes that's a reference to Harry's background in the army. And she said, in the illustrations for Megan's book, the ginger-haired dad is dressed in army fatigues, something Archie has never seen before. And she went on to say, maybe Megan is sending us a coded message that Harry still has not got over losing his military titles after the Queen stepped in. So famously, he served in the military for like 10 years. And that was one of the things that was stripped away from him after they left the royal family. So... You can probably hear in the tone of my voice my feelings on this already, but there's another layer of this very messed up cake. That's a weird analogy, but I'm going to go with it (laughs) because now there's drawing comparisons to Kate's book and people are saying, what are they saying, Laura? Tell me. 
Yeah, so Kate Middleton, who I feel like these women are just going to be pitted against each other until the end of time. Like, that's just something we have to accept. But in kind of a slightly unfortunate publicity schedule, Kate Middleton is out on the publicity trail for her new book, which is called Hold Still. And it couldn't be more different from Megan's Mm -hmm. book. So it features 100 portraits reflecting on the many different faces of what people in the UK went through during the kind of first lockdown for the COVID pandemic. So basically, people were able to send their photos and just descriptions through and she put them together in a book and proceeds from the book will be split between two different charities. And so this week she's been doing promo for that and she wrote a heap of letters, tucked them into books and kind of like left them all around London for people to find. So there's been a kind of a lot of goodwill around there and also people just talking about how she wore a nice red coat. So that's her headlines and how lovely she looks while she's hiding books around London. Then you flick to the same sort of newspapers and the headlines for Meghan Markle's book say... Meghan Markle's fun-free children's book may put an entire generation off reading. Oh, my God. It's just so obvious. They just have this, like, underlying hatred with everything they do that's related to her. So this op-ed that was published in The Telegraph but now has been picked up across a lot of different news outlets and websites that are all agreeing with this sentiment. So, like, Newsweek also ran an article saying that Meghan Markle's woke book will put children off reading. And literally all they're saying in there is that with children's books, you have to make them a bit fun. You can't just teach them a lesson. Like, that's kind of the grounding force there. But I think it's just going back to that kind of point that came out a couple of years ago now that we talked about kind of in the very early days of the spill where people went by and put all the news headlines mm-hmm. from Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton side by side to yeah. actually see. So you'd have like Kate Middleton delicately cradles her baby bump and then Meghan Markle, why won't she stop touching her baby bump? Mm-hmm. And even like Kate Middleton picks up an avocado, Meghan Markle, Avocado is like, you know, are going to end Loaded the world, toast. doesn't she know? Yeah, all the drug cartels. Like she was yeah, supporting the drug cartels. Exactly, kind of thing. So we've always seen this kind of play out, but it's just interesting now how they found another way to pit these women against each other. But I can see why it's happening because, for one thing, like the sentiment for Meghan Markle is very different in the UK, especially after the Oprah interview. Mm. So this is what's selling newspapers and publications. Like anything that's bad about her or that paints her in a negative light or that paints any kind of conspiracy theory within the royal family where she's the villain, we know sell very well. And also the fact that she just won that court case against the newspaper group for publishing that letter that she wrote to her father Mm. and that she won that case, I think has made her kind of even more of an enemy from the British kind of tabloid media because she's had that victory. And the thing is, they can't defame her by publishing a negative review about her book. So that's very safe ground for them to kind of go to town on her in a way they probably can't now that she won that case. Yeah, that is interesting. But it's almost like They're not even hiding the fact that they're doing it and they're actually using it. I mean, of course, like we even know that, you know, writing that someone's done something bad will be more appealing for readers. Like they don't want to read about the fun stuff. But to be like particularly malice and have bad intent behind it, like the thing that got me was the Daily Mail posting to Instagram, which was like three pictures of Kate in that red coat that you mentioned popping the books around yeah and you know in the picture it's got text above it saying Kate's photography book is already a bestseller and then the caption from the Daily Mail is eat your heart out Megan <laughs> and it's like are you serious this oh, is no. so I'm not bad. laughing at that I'm just laughing at this situation because it is just ridiculous it's just that she can't win like I think the thing is it's like you cannot like someone like I get that there are just people you know the Anne Hathaway effect although you were very great in explaining to me why I don't like her and now I really like her and same with Taylor Swift like 
there are reasons why you don't like people, something they do or just their personality or whatever is fine. But I think like actively pitting these two women against each other and stirring up that kind of hatred is just really crappy. And that's why it's important that we talk about it. So then when people see those headlines, they don't buy into it. They just click along and support something else. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Hello. Have you left us a review yet? We would love to hear what you think about the show. We love putting it together for you. So why don't you tell us what you think? And you can do that in your podcast app. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Maddie Joannou with audio production by Leah Porges. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. 